Coming up next, we have an interview with Mike Wallace, the creative director at Falcon's Creative Group. And Mike is on the line right now. Mike, thank you so much for being here this morning. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me again, Daniel. Hey, yeah, it's super excited to have you on. So, Mike, the reason we've got you on the call today is because Disney announced its latest quarter report earnings and their shares dropped the lowest they've been since August of 2015. Now, there are several reasons why that happened, but it was bookmarked by extremely low turnout to their Star Wars Galaxy's Edge theme park attraction at Disneyland in L.A. And I wanted to get some of your thoughts on what you think maybe went wrong with this anticipated attraction. Are you shocked by this story and by the low engagement uh, that we're now seeing at uh, Galaxy's Edge? Well, I, I think I'm more shocked by the spin that it's getting. You know, we when we see these new attractions opening up, we expect there to be lines out the gate. We expect there, you know, you take um, maybe Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure that recently opened up at Universal, and they use this 10-hour wait that that thing had on opening day as a marketing point. I think Disney, strategically, in my opinion, avoided that by saying, we're going to make sure that our guests have the best experience possible, even if that means limiting access to this land while we're figuring out how it all works, while, while our operators are kind of getting their feet wet in this new fully immersive environment that they've created. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think what they created is so detailed and, you know, they also opened it with only one major attraction, which, you know, naturally is probably going to put the, um, like, it's going to make people want to wait a little bit until maybe there's a second ride. Maybe it's more worth their money to actually show up. And yeah. I, I I think perhaps, you know, they they put a little too much faith in the Star Wars name and almost overestimated what a Star Wars brand theme park would turn out. Uh, you know, I think this was especially marked by their marketing rollout where they yeah. actively discouraged people from coming due to an assumed demand for the Star Wars brand name. They took reservations, they restricted annual pass holder access, they raised one-day right. ticket prices, and hotel rooms in the area raised their rates as well. Have you ever seen a rollout plan like this before? I mean, do you feel like this had an impact on um, on the turnout in the first few months of Galaxy's Edge? I think it did, and I think it was. it's more of a unique situation that Anaheim has there. You know, uh, Disneyland, their attendance is largely driven by locals and annual pass holders, to my knowledge. I, I don't claim to be an expert on their uh, their operations, but sure. when, I, when I see that they are giving out reservations and they're guaranteeing me four hours in the land if I come on this day at this time, as an annual pass holder or as a local, that means I don't have to worry about getting there at the crack of dawn. I don't have to worry about waiting six hours to get into a land or anything like that. So it's going to discourage me from being at the park other than during my allotted time. When your park is driven by that demographic of people, it's naturally going to fall off a little bit outside of that land. I think what they did um, in limiting the number of people in the land itself may have been more along the lines of that operational building that I was talking about. I actually uh, was fortunate enough to be able to attend a preview of the Galaxy's Edge here in Orlando last weekend. And this place is spectacular from a design, from a theming, from an attention to detail, from a level of immersion. Um, it, is, it is the new high watermark in terms of, of themed entertainment design. 
the fact that it had one attraction didn't really bother me at all. The one attraction was running smoothly when I was there and it eats bodies up. So I don't think there's ever going to really be an issue in terms of long waits. This is Smuggler's Run, the, the Millennium Falcon attraction. Right. To say that the land may have struggled because it only had one ride instead of two, it's unheard of really that you open a new theme park land with two must-ride e-ticket attractions. Sure. Um, Diagon Alley might have been a, a bit of a comparable in that sense because it had the Hogwarts Express and it had Gringotts Bank. Um, but that's that's a little a little distant from this because Hogwarts Express was more of a connection between the two existing lands. So I think um, I think what's happening is Disney is gearing up for a larger rollout and larger expected attendances in this park by just playing it safe and kind of keeping their cars close to their chest. So, you know, I know you've been a creative director with Falcons Creative Group for a while now. You've worked as a scenic designer and a master planner and facility design manager for, and I'm, I'm just going to tout some of your, uh, your work here because I think it's really, really interesting. Um, you've worked on large-scale projects like Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, Volcano Bay, Water Theme Park, as well as the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Diagon Alley. Um, so, you know, you, you've really had your hand in building fresh um, you know, fresh narratives. You've really had a hand in building familiar narratives. Do you think mm-hmm. there was anything missing or anything you would have changed about the content narrative at Galaxy's Edge that you think maybe would have worked better, would have attracted more people, even though there's only, you know, one ride and then it's more of a, um, you know, it's more of an immersive experience than a ride experience? Yeah, I- I mean, the only the only criticism that I feel like I could offer after having been there um, is that they made a conscious decision to put this land in current day, in current universe, and they want it to be immersive so that you can live out your own Star Wars story. I feel like there's there's some risk in that, just in the sense that if I've been a fan of Star Wars since 1977, I want to see the characters that I grew up with as a kid. I, I may not want to go there specifically to see new trilogy or, or something like that, but that as a decision to move fully immersive and move to, to current day, that's where all theme parks are going, in my opinion. You want people to feel like it's their story. You want them to be immersed to the highest level you can possibly have them immersed. And when we start seeing, you know, the integration of the hotel that they're planning here in Orlando, when we start to see people coming into this land and actually activating the various land interactive pieces that are planned and, and building their own avatar, their own Star Wars likeness in that system, I think all of this criticism at this point is just going to melt away. And it's going to be, this is the only place that I can feel this connected to the IP that I love. Yeah, I mean, I think at its core, it, it it is a like I mean, it's it's basically the pinnacle of um, fandom for a lot of Star Wars lovers, me included. I mean, I would love to step into the Millennium Falcon. So after I save up a little money, I will make the flight out to L.A. I will go visit. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think from a personal perspective, I think the attention to detail and the rollout was was really really cool and. I'm not upset <laughs> that they went in this direction, that they went in the OG, uh, you know, or actually, no, the anti-OG, the fresh perspective. Um, I'm I'm glad they tried something new. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see 
if it had something to do with maybe L.A. specifically, if it had something to do with the kind of people that visit Disneyland, um, or, you know, if maybe it did have something to do with that marketing rollout and they're going to try something different with Orlando. I think I think you could look at it from there's going to be these two opposing points of view. One is the shareholders may have missed their mark by a couple of dollars a share, but there are no guests that are complaining about the experience they had in that place. Right. And if, if Disney wants to put their guests ahead of the, the stock price for a month or two, more power to them. That's exactly the way that I want the industry to go. Well, that's Mike Wallace. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Mike, and giving us your perspective there on Disney and Galaxy's Edge. I'm happy to. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Fridays at 8 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com.